the 68's Best Bets show. We are the three-man weave. We are presented by our sponsors at Bet Rivers, and there'll be another sponsor. Jim's got an ad read up his sleeve for later in the show. Get amped for that. Joined by Matt, joined by Kai. The two with the boots on the ground in Chicago last night, giving us all the inside scoops on the rims, the mops, the basketballs. Matt, I'm going to go to you first here. Do you have a takeaway either from last night or from the weekend that was? Uh, Something with maybe St. Peter's? I'll let you go in whatever direction you want to go in here. Yeah, the St. Peter's thing's insane. Um, I'm just tempted to bet them at this point. I don't know what else you can do. Like every spread that's been plastered on their games for, and it's not even just a tournament. Like you have to extend this run from a gambling betting perspective, like into January, they've been an absolute juggernaut continuing to outpace the Ozmakers expectations. Kai, which is hard to do at this point in the year, especially when you're catching teams that are also hot as well. Um, We'll talk about plus eight feels a little bit low, but I mean, at this point, the Cox is the cock. As Hillary Duff said, why not? They're the cock of the strut, Kai. The cock of the strut. strut. Jim, the peacocks. Wow. All the peahens and peacocks in the country are cheering for St. Peter's. Uh, Yeah, I threw $2 on them to win the title for $500. Why not? Why not? That would be wild. It's already the the craziest thing that's ever happened in the NCAA tournament. Ever. Ever, ever. This is one of the best tournaments we've ever had. It's so unpredictable. My bracket, my bracket, is the worst it's ever been. Um, Jim, it's just just fun. Matt and I are going to have a blast tomorrow. I'm excited to talk games with you guys today. Yep. I I should mention, our guy Stucky cited it. Uh, this is the highest sum of seeds in the Elite Eight ever by a long shot. Sum of yeah. 47 total seed numbers. Mm. A previous high was 40. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then I also, I, I liked the the Brendan Quinn from The Athletic, his tweet last night about how St. Peter scouts or the coaches have to go scout UNC UCLA after that win. Like, enjoy. It's <laughs> biggest yeah. win in program history. You have to go out there and, and sit and watch a game and try to figure out what your plan is against the heels. Uh, that sounds sounds like a, a rough existence, but they're in the Elite Eight. I think they will get over it. Uh, okay, let's get started, guys. We're talking Houston Nova. We're going chronological order, starting with the first game here today, Saturday. Houston versus Nova, two extremely well-coached teams. Kai, two teams that love to play in the half court. They're both physical in their own different ways. Uh, they score in different ways as well. So there's, there's some similarities, but there's definitely some clash of style that I think is going to be for, or make for an interesting game. How do you see this one shaping up? Yeah. And uh, I love Houston. I've been on them twice in a row, but for me, it's Villanova in this game tonight. I'm taking the cats, not the Cougars, the cats at plus two and a half as my best bet. And the reason is their offense. They're about the only team in the country. I think I trust to out execute Houston's defense. We know they're well-coached with Jay Wright. Their four-guard lineups and the fact that Dixon can also space the floor is important against Houston Matt, who likes to keep it tight, pack it in. Every single player on Villanova is, is experienced. Every single one of them is poised. I don't think they'll get rattled here. I know there's probably a narrative about Villanova being soft. This is a pretty tough team, especially on the wings, the perimeter. They have some big dudes, and that's, that's going to give Houston issues, I think, on the other end. Shed uh, has been incredible for them. Moore has been incredible for them. I think Villanova can go toe-to-toe. They don't really play through Carlton in the post, which would seem to be their biggest advantage. Yeah, the rebounding is going to be definitely a factor, but I think Villanova can hang in there, Matt. They can definitely shoot. That's the most important thing you need against Houston. Um, So I'm taking the Cats. Best bet, plus two and a half. Yeah, you talk about 
Villanova's size, like Michigan made Houston look pretty small up front, but Villanova is still very long around the wing. And you mentioned it, right? Like, I don't think Houston's preferred offense is let's post up through Fabian White and Josh Carlson. I think it's more of that, that continuity stuff with the guards. And then obviously supplementing with second, third, fourth chances on the glass, which is where they absolutely excel. I'm with you though. I think two and a half is a little too high. I'm taking Nova. I feel like I go through every one of Houston's games and I like, I make an excuse for the effort. Like I, I, but I look at the last game and I was like, maybe Arizona just was kind of broken, right? Hobbled the warts were exposed against TCU. I saw that as sort of a learning pretest for that game. It turns out that that was just truly a flaw that Arizona had. And uh, Houston came back and, and actually knocked out um, finished Arizona that, you know, finished the job that TCU couldn't do. I'm not betting it, Jim. Um, however, I am looking at betting Nova plus 600 to win the title. Current updated price um, on, on most books right now. I believe Bet Rivers has something around there. What are you looking at? Uh, I'm kind of disagreeing with you guys. I'm buying into Houston right now. Uh, I have just, I, I need to stop thinking about Sasser and Mark. They don't matter. This team that's here is awesome. They are a top They're two awesome. team in the country for Ken Palm. They're ridiculous. They're going to dominate the offensive glass. Uh, that's that's a huge route to points for them. Uh, but my best bet is the first half under 59 and a half. I think both teams are going to struggle to score. I think both teams want to play crawl ball. I think we see a really slow full game under as well. I'm just spooked by overtime because I hate overtime. It's the worst for, sure. for a better. Um, but uh, Kai, you mentioned the shooting for Villanova. It, it's important, but man, nobody can test jump shots better than Houston. I mean, you just go year by year. Their three-point percentage defense, ninth, 15th, 8th, 1st, 31st, Yeesh. 70th, ninth. Like, it, it is not a fluke with them. It's not like, a, you know, regression is coming. They challenge everything. Tajay Moore is like the most athletic perimeter defender in the country. He's insane. Uh, so I think they're going to bother Villanova. But then, like you mentioned, I think Villanova switching is going to bother Houston as well. Houston had some real success in ball screens, especially against Illinois, but also against Arizona. And if you're just switching everything, like that's a problem. I, I don't think mm-hmm. they really want to play the matchup game, Matt, like you said. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to sit there and try to pick out like, all right, let's isolate one guy against another. It's not really Houston's game. The one thing that hurts the switching is the offensive glass. If, if you have Caleb Daniels boxing out Josh Carlton, that's a putback every time. Yep. So, uh, yeah, taking Houston first half under. Uh, also lean their way, minus one and a half first half. Lean their way full game, but I won't go against Mr. McEwen's best bet. Hopefully Villanova surges back, makes a, a billion free throws in the second half and covers <laughs> that spread. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Any any additional points here, guys? You agree with the under, Matthew? I'll, yeah, I'll definitely under. Total take from you? <clears throat> yes, unders. Um, elite eight <clears throat> unders, by the way, 11 and 9 the last six years, but a 3.7 cover margin to the under. So there's actually some positive variance pointing in that favor. And I think we just kind of saw coming off the Sweet 16 – where it was an under run, especially first halves. I think that kind of plays again, teams are tighter, so much at stake. They play a little bit more cautious than they normally would, especially in the first half. So yes, I'm on, I'm on that as well. Just to confirm Nova seven to one at our fine sponsor, bet rivers. I think it's a terrific. I'll, I'll add this real quick. This is the only matchup of the elite eight that I truly don't care who wins um, in terms of, who I want in my final four. Yeah. These next three games, I have a strong opinion if I want to see in New Orleans, these two, I take either one. Yep. Uh, Matt, you mentioned first half unders. They went eight. No, in the sweet 16, every yeah. single game under the number in the first half. Uh, there are, there could be some second half point explosions, but I do think the, the tension and the stakes and the feeling each other out process, especially in this game will be strong as these two try to, you know, get a feel with, with both coaches potentially having great plans. 
Uh, all right, let's go to the next one, the Saturday nightcap. Not who I wanted to see here, unfortunately. Uh, but we got Arkansas and Duke. Matthew, your Blue Devils roll on with a torrid final eight and a half minutes oh, to yeah. take down Texas Tech. Just a complete offensive explosion against the number one defense in the country. Didn't matter. Nobody's stopping this Blue Devil squad right now. Does that continue here against Arkansas, who did slow down Gonzaga in, in, in the prior round? Uh, yes, it does. I think Arkansas's success was heavily rooted in their ability to uh, slow down Gonzaga's lethal transition attack. And Duke is equally as lethal in transition. Um, but they're better in the half court because of just the pure shot making and talent that they have, especially with the emergence of Jeremy Roach. I mean, my goodness, he's basically turned into his team's best player. Um, I mean, Bancaro was terrific with his shot making as well. But um, I mean, Roach is really the engine. I mean, I think without him, Duke's not still they're 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 gone. They're eliminated at this point. Um, Kai matchup I love here with how well Arkansas's wings and forwards, especially Jalen Williams, comes over to help on ball pressure. Look for those Mark Williams lobs on repeat. I think he has like six hard throwdowns from Roach drive, dump, Keels drive, kick, Wendell Moore drive, kick. I love Duke. Minus four. Best bets. Homer, I don't care. I'm sorry. This pick Suey thing's over. Tired of it. Tired I, hope of you, it. I hope you're right, Matt. Um, because I, as we as we discussed yesterday with Mr. Goodman, uh, the, the pick Suey chant is the worst chant Ooh. in the entire country. Yeah, we're going to get all the smoke for that one, I'm sure. The line's too short, man. The line's too short. Uh, Duke... Their offense, it's clicking. You saw it against Texas Tech. 1.16 points per possession against Texas Tech. That's incredible. They can score on anybody. They are downright scary when they get going. Pilo Bankero, we know he's an all, uh, a superstar. Uh, he just showed it even more against Texas Tech. And Arkansas is not more athletic than Duke. They're not quicker. They're not stronger. That's really what they need to be to beat teams, especially on the offensive end. Uh, I, I really like Duke here. Duke also doesn't foul. Arkansas really relies on rim attack, getting to the free throw line to score. Not going to get that against Duke. And yeah, we, we can talk about friendly whistles all the time for Duke, but it's true. They play without fouling. They really do. They, they, they are long enough to just alter shots without needing to foul. Jim, I've said it before. It's Coach K's destiny to make the Final Four in his final season. I hope we get it. I hope we get UNC Duke. Yeah, it took me a little to come around there. I, I like I bet against them with Michigan State, had a heartbreaking non-cover, bet against them with Texas Tech, and watched um, Duke just go nuts in the final couple minutes. And Matt, you know what? For all the criticism I've given him a little bit, Coach K going zone, it was smart. It was smart. smart. Changed, changed the game a little bit, uh, just disrupted the flow. I think Duke got a, a couple decent transition opportunities out of the uh, that alignment that helped them get going there. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Duke minus four as well. I agree with these guys. I, I think Duke's best is just better than everybody else's. And right now they're getting close to that best pretty consistently. Uh, the fact that they have that gear, just not something Arkansas can compete with at this point. Uh, I, Matt, I also don't really think Arkansas does a ton of the stuff that really frustrates Duke's defense, like the off-ball screening, the back door. That's not really their game. It's just J.D. Note. Ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. Pray that which, he can do something and kick to a shooter, but he was nine for 29 last game. Come on. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, uh, Miami in particular exposed uh, Duke's ball screen coverage in the ACC this year. So I think there actually is a little bit of a concern from a Duke fan or Duke backers perspective. But I think the fact that we saw K have that zone in his back pocket, if it gets bad, I also think Duke can play a smaller lineup in this game um, against yeah. Arkansas, which actually probably helps their ability to defend some of that perimeter coverage there. I don't know. I just think the talent's too stark and we finally see Duke engage that Mach five uh, fourth gear and it's just scary now. 
Zona, or excuse me, J- Jalen Williams, the flop artist versus Duke <laughs> not fouling. So frustrating. Like he's just trying to <sighs> How, do who this wins? Who wins Kyle, this match? Kyle, I was going to give you over under three and a half charges taken by Jalen Williams and make well, you decide. He's going to attempt over three and a half for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Will they call three and a half? I hope not. Get, get that out of here. There's no different referee. Six, ten. Different referee crew, by the way. We need to look at this. Who's who's refing these? these, these I, I always I always liked in football if you you know if you got involved in a play you you would have grass stains on your jersey. Uh, I wish there were grass stains in basketball because Jalen Williams' <laughs> butt would be covered in grass stains. Yes, he is yes. always falling backwards and sliding. Uh, play defense, man. Come on. If you're over six nine, you shouldn't be allowed to take a charge. That's my take. That's that's the that's our hard cutoff. Six. I nine. mean, yeah, yeah. Play straight up. Yeah. Well, if you play straight up, Kai, you get called for a block. Just ask Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Are you, we're bitter. A little bitter. Yeah, a little bitter. But, you know, uh, Arkansas is here. We think they're going to lose to Duke. We're kind of in consensus. Matt, your best bet uh, yeah. was Duke, right? Minus four. Yep. All right. Before we shift to Sunday's games, guys, we got to give a shout to our sponsors at Honey. This episode of Best Bets on the Field of 68 is sponsored by Honey. The easiest way to save money when shopping on your phone and computer have you ever been in this spot? You're shopping for something online. You get to check out like, oh, I want to save some money. Let me find a promo code. You start Googling around. You have to look in all these crazy places. You end up on Reddit, Kai. You're just searching some random thread. Uh, but thanks to Honey, you don't have to do that anymore. They scour the internet for you. Finds the one that best fits your cart. You're shopping. You're going to check out. You just hit apply coupons and they take care of it for you. The price goes down. It's a great. It's the best way to do it. Um, so if you don't already have honey, you could be missing out by getting it. You'll start saving money and supporting this show. So that's always great. Uh, mm-hmm. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use, Kai. I've got to sharpen up my my wardrobe for for yeah. New Orleans. You guys showed me yeah. up. I'm going to be the slob of three man weave based on looking at you guys in Chicago this year. So I got going full suit, Jim. It's going full suit. I'm going full suit. The final four. Just I, heads I, up. I won't be doing. That. I will not Just be doing that. Heads up. Yeah. yeah good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Act like a professional. Come on. You can act like a professional without wearing a suit. Get out of here. I will. Uh, but you can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. Check it out. Uh, all right. Let's pivot to Sunday. First game on the slate. You guys will be there live in person in Chicago, investigating the rims. Miami, Florida versus Kansas. Matthew, do we think we're going back to the well here in the unders because the, the rims are yes. slightly tilted up here? What do you think? Yeah, we got one room that's tilted up by two to three degrees. We have the other room, which is overhanging the baseline by like an extra foot. So like the actual effective court length is a foot shorter than what it normally was. Um, Kai, I'm I'm partially joking, but partially serious. And the oh, fact that they brought yeah. in an entire new, like, why wouldn't you just use the Bulls rims and back? Like they brought in a whole new structure. And you like mm-hmm. when they brought it out, the nets have like the very narrow, like it's a brand new rim, brand, brand new. new setup. Um, they were tight. So I will be back on the under. It's been bet down a little bit. Maybe people are picking off our intel. Um, but first half under specifically, Jim, you mentioned the eight no first half under sweep last uh, last round. And it's an early-ish tip. A lot of things kind of trickle in the favor of under matchup, though. I know these teams can excel in transition, but Kansas um, is especially good in transition defense. I think the first half that comes to bear. Jim, you're right. I think the second half is probably a points bonanza or could be a points bonanza. Uh, so under, yes, but specifically first half under. Yeah, toughest game, I think, in my opinion, to make a, a an ATS call at least. I thought Miami was awesome yesterday. I know they played Iowa State, but 
Their offense impressed me. Sam Wardenberg, I've said it a million times already. I tweeted about it. The amount of backdoor passes that man threw was the most I've ever seen in a college basketball game. And he, he was fantastic at it. He's a terrific passer. Place a five for them, spaces out Kansas. You go Lightfoot or McCormick, that's going to be a huge problem. He can hit shots. We know how good Miami's guards are. Isaiah Wong and Charlie Moore didn't even have great games against Iowa State, uh, but they were still able to compete with Iowa State and beat them because Cam Augusti went off. I think he can again. Miami's defense was much better uh, yesterday. Uh, they're, they're really pressuring Iowa State's guards in the half court. I think they can bother KU, though. Matthew, we talked about Remy Martin was the best player on the floor yesterday for, for the Kansas-Providence game. Rebounding is a huge concern for Miami. Post-defense is a huge concern for Miami, but I think keep it close here. Love Jimmy Laranega. I'm taking the Canes. Yeah, I'm leading the Canes. I, I was a little surprised at this number. I, I'm curious what you guys thought about this. Providence opened eight, seven and a half basically all week, ended up closing six and a half, but this one opened six, six and a half. Miami's been worse than Providence like all season against the number analytically. Like they're, they're still behind Providence right now. So I was surprised to see where this number was. I thought we'd get at least a seven, maybe seven and a half. Um, so it's more lean towards Miami. Um, tempted to take them. I'm going to see where the number goes before Sunday. Might add it uh, if it gets to seven. But Matt, I just think they can score. Like Kansas defense has not impressed me. I know they held Providence to like 17 points in the first half yesterday, but they scored 44 in the second half. And I think yeah. that's more indicative of where this Jayhawk defense is right now. They gave up a bunch of points, 72 on over a point per possession to Creighton, who's down to four offensive players. Uh, so I, I think Miami's backcourt finds a way to score. Having a stretch big really loosens up the defense. Uh, Lightfoot and, and McCormick held up well against Watson, but this is a different beast having Wardenberg launching from deep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that first half under 69, 69 and a half, but the full game makes me nervous because I think yeah, the, I agree. the points explosion, second half, you got free throws, uh, all that stuff to worry about. So yeah. I'll leave Miami first half under. That's where I sit on this one. Yeah, Miami took big money against Iowa State, but that was probably more of a, a function of Iowa State skepticism from the market, don't we think? So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the you're looking at the – yeah, I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but the St. Peter's-UNC um, comparing last game to this game spread. I mean, head-scratcher. Yeah, yeah, Matt. The, the, I Certainly was part of my taking you – or uh, Miami last round was – I'm skeptical of Iowa State, and the matchup was just terrible for terrible. Iowa State yeah. against a, a really – Terrific backcourt that could punish them. Um, all right. You alluded to it, Matt. Let's get to them. The underdog Cinderella darlings, the Peacocks. They are here. They are still strutting all the way to the Elite Eight, taking on North Carolina. The 15 versus the eight. Doesn't really feel like a 15 versus eight, though, because we've got a blue blood on one side, Kai, that's been rolling, dominated their first two matchups, save for a little collapse after they got shorthanded against Baylor. Uh, impressive late game shooting yesterday. I mean, if you outshot make UCLA, you're doing something right. Caleb Love was remarkable down the stretch there. What are we looking at with this one? I got an eight point spread. You think it's too high, too low? Where are you looking? I'm going to fade the Peacocks again, Jim, as I have the first three rounds unsuccessfully. Uh, if we're not aware, St. Peter's is now the second best ATS team in the country. They're 23 and nine against the number. Uh, certainly their, their tournament, their MAC tournament, their late season run has definitely helped that. Uh, they're now top 100 in Kempom. I think that is a bridge too far, personally. I, I, I hate to keep doubting the Peacocks, Matt, because they are a really fun team to root for. I'm, I'm certainly all aboard this train. But 
they are playing above their heads. Frankly, they, they just are. Purdue could not draw any fouls yesterday. They Ivy had one of the worst games I've ever seen. I don't think UNC falls into that. I think UNC is playing its best basketball all season. We said how they were a top 15 team in the preseason. The line is very strange. Only eight points when Purdue is a 13-point favorite. That smells funky to me. Um, I think UNC's edge inside is huge. The fact that they're the second-best defensive rebound team in the country is huge. And the fact that they don't foul is huge. St. Peter's going to have real trouble scoring offensively. Uh, I, I like UNC here minus eight. Couple of factoids for those of you into trends. Um, I know sometimes we like to cherry pick them as it suits oh, man, our narrative. I, here. I saw your outfit yesterday. You're trendy. You're, you're trendy. Uh-huh. Well, hey, I'm just trying to keep up with uh, Mr. Dapper McKeon over there, as they call him in the streets. Jim, in the lead eight underdogs since 2016, 13 and six against the number, covering by an average of 4.3 points per game. Now, this is the ultimate dog, right? Like a team that's hot, feeling themselves. They've covered 10 in a row, St. Peter's. 10 straight times they've given the middle finger to the odds makers. Um, and in a game where I think coaching matters on a short turnaround, actually, well, you could argue it matters less, but still, in this late in the tournament, coaching matters. Um, I think the magnitude of importance increases as you go deeper and deeper. With all due respect to Hubert Davis, I think their success is more of a function of their roster and their players playing great. I think St. Peter's is rooted largely in how great Holloway's coach this team. I like St. Peter's. I think the line's insane. They just were giving 12. Now they're giving only eight. But uh, this is just an outlier situation. It's a magic carpet ride that has no end in sight from what I can tell. I lean St. Peter's. I'm not going to take it. But if I had to bet it, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I just gave or, or talked about UNC minus eight on action. I'm, I'm leaning more towards UNC first half, I think. Uh, I think it's five. The, yeah. This, the, the, their ability to spread out St. Peter's is better than anybody that uh, the Peacocks have seen so far. Uh, Brady Manick, the first true high volume stretch big that they're going to see. I think that messes with uh, the defensive shell that St. Peter's has really employed. And I'm, I'm worried about, you know, St. Peter's fighting back, keeping this close late. Matt, you mentioned that underdog stat. No one's going away in the Elite Eight. You're not getting a dead effort in the second half from anybody. Um, so I'm a little spooked about full game. Uh, but man, Kai, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Why do we keep fading St. Peter's? Are we just... Hey, you uh, guys have fun with that. Imagines. We hate fun, Jim. We hate fun. Yeah. I haven't I'm bet out. it yet. I'm probably going to bet the first half <laughs> now. now that Matt has spooked me with a little bit of data. Uh, and it's just, you know, the hot hand, you're fading the hot hand. This is like the, the team that is playing the best, though, that St. Peter's has played. Somebody that's up yeah, to their equal in terms of on fire. Uh, so uh, I think I haven't double-checked that they're still there. I would imagine they are. Uh, but since March 1st, Carolina is number one at Bart Torvik. Number one in the entire country. That's that's how well they've been playing. Yeah, it's believable. Eight, it's believable, eight, right? Yeah. The, the roster, eight, come on. It's good. Yeah, it's a great roster. Eight and two against the spread last 10 games. So UNC is yeah. not exactly limping into this contest either. Yep. And I'll, I'll cite the, the Jared Burson stat one more time that he, he put out this morning. UNC, the first team in NCAA tournament history to have three separate teammates in a tournament go for 25 points with five made threes in a single game. Davis, Love, and Manic have all done that separately so far this tournament. I mean, that just shows how balanced the offense can be. That's, that doesn't even mention their best player. Baycott's their best player. He's going to dominate the paint. So, uh, yep, UNC first half, I think, for me there. Uh, Matt or Kai, I'll go to you guys. Any any chat mob stuff we should hit? Uh, sp- exotic angles that people are looking to bet? What do we got? Well, uh, there was a good point here. Uh, so Ron asked, when was the last time a one seed has not made the final four? The answer, I think the only time a one seed has not made the final four was back in 2006. And as someone pointed out, ironically, 
Jim Laranega was the cause George of that Mason. one seed not making the final four. Uh, Jim Laranega oh, is also, yes, it's interesting. Jim Laranega is the only coach to take two double digit seeds to the Elite Eight. I found out last night that Miami, Florida, this is their first Elite Eight uh, in school history, which shocked me as well. So it's been an unprecedented tournament. You can't really rely on history to uh, make your decisions in this tournament going forward because it is so random. St. Peter's in the Elite Eight as a 15 seed, but Still pretty interesting uh, what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I, I missed who had it. Um, so I apologize. I saw it early in the chat, but the forty to one to make the final four Miami ticket yeah, probably just ticket. depends on depends on the size of your bet. Like if it is life changing money, I would hedge it. If it's like eh, whatever, uh, I'd be okay with it. Like I have a five hundred to one Miami ticket to win the title, but I also have Kansas eighteen to one. So I'm kind of just letting that one ride. I'll be content with which, which whichever whichever one makes the final four and kind of figure out my strategy from there. Um, Last second question, Jim, asking for prop bet recommendations. I haven't looked at any numbers. I'm just thinking about a few player matchups that I just kind of circling. Kai, you have one, don't you? Well, you know, I did yesterday. I thought I had the editor eight or uh, under, I actually had the Casey and Defo under points, 10 and a half. Oh, yeah. He because produced because of foul trouble. So produced front line and foul trouble. I think that could be another angle against UNC. I would take in Defo under, under total, whatever it is. T- yeah, Rupert's kind of taking his minutes too up front. That's a good point. I like that yep. one. Yep. Uh, I like over Mark Williams' points. I mentioned it earlier. I think his matchup's favorable here. Um, I think the pressure of Arkansas, like you put Note on Roach, that could be a good one for Arkansas. Um, and just with the way that Arkansas helps and rotates so well, I think Williams gets a lot of garbage point opportunities, right? Stickbacks, lobs, um, and even at the post. Like, I think he can score in the post over Williams. He's just that long. I think that Mark Williams' post game in a nutshell is just an underrated part of his Overall, phenomenal game. Big yeah, Mark Williams fan, for the record. Big I guess my the, my analysis of the St. Peter's game kind of backs me into uh, Brady Manick over point total. Yes, I'm sure it's getting up there agree. because he's been lethal this tournament. He's scored a ton of points already, but uh, I, I just buy that he's going to be a major weapon here as long as he's not ice freaking cold. I think he'll be able to hit his over. Um, all right. I believe that wraps it up. Harry R. issuing a stat boy check. Uh, stat boy um, correction, oh, baby. Ohio State. Was a one seed in that tournament, I believe. Mm, well, we'll, do, we'll check. We'll check. He just listed the seeds, so it sounds like he's done the research. I don't know. Am I um, looking at the wrong one? Maybe I am. I also kind of like the. Uh, I, I tweeted about it last night. Jamal Shed to win Most Outstanding Player. I think is a decent hack for for Houston. I, I just think he's the engine that makes them go. The creator. I know Kyler Edwards and Fabian White are kind of the more known names, but Shed, man, I, I I'm in love with his game, and again, I think he's their engine. Um, all right. Anything else, Matt, Kai, or should I sign us off? No, I just want to say that Harry won the Harry versus Weave battle. That was the uh, UConn-Butler final. That wasn't 11, right? It was 2011. Kentucky, VCU, Butler, UConn. That was underdog central. 2012 or 2010? 2011, I think. 2011. This seems like a very black and white. The 2011 tournament was in Houston, Texas. Ohio State made the final four. All right. There we go. It's Hopefully t- that's settled. March 2011. <laughs> okay, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> sign off on that note. Uh, we'll continue arguing in the chat after the after the the fact here. Um, all right. Thank you everybody for tuning in, Chat Mob. Great to see you. It had been a little bit since Monday since we had checked in with you. Uh, enjoy the Elite Eight, folks. I think the next time we'll be talking to you either is after we have our final four decided, or maybe even all the way from New Orleans. The weave will be down there, causing all kind of mayhem. So. Thank you again to Bet Rivers. Thank you to Honey. Cheers to the Field of 68. Enjoy the